EMSradio.com. EMS information for the next generation. The EMS Garage is a production of EMSradio.com. You can find us on Facebook. Just search EMS Garage. You can find us on Twitter at EMS Garage. Email us, emsgarage at gmail.com. Or call us, 303-720-6001. This episode of the EMS Garage is brought to you by Audible.com. Over 85,000 titles to choose from in every genre. Thrillers, business, romance, comedy, sci-fi, and more. Get a free audiobook download for your MP3 or iPod. Just go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash EMS Garage. The EMS Garage. Okay, I got the DC on the phone there. Want to know if uh, you can handle that call as well? Just confirming you are checking the patient. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the EMS Garage. I'm your host, Chris Montera, and welcome to episode 132. Not that that's important. The most important part is one of our guests coming on tonight, and I'm pretty excited to have him on. And we're on Ustream for the, I think, third or fourth week in a row. We're really trying this out. And Jamie Davis now has given me some really sweet software. So we're going to be using something called Wirecast here in the next couple weeks, probably the next couple months. I should really be honest. A couple weeks won't happen. A couple months will, where we'll be actually able to show everybody else's webcam. And so you just won't have to look at my ugly mug sitting here on Ustream every time. So it's uh, <laughs> Epi Junkie in the chat says, my face is pretty impressive. Thank you very much. And I'm glad somebody does. Uh, so tonight joining me on the Prodigal episode is Mr. Buck Ferris. Hello, sir. Hey, how are you doing? Good. You know, I think that there should be like some pomp and circumstance in the background. I'll add it or <laughs> I won't edit it in. But all right. hey, how, all right. So tell me, it's, we, 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 we nailed it to about episode 43 when you fell off the face of the earth and decided to go do something else besides EMS. But what are you doing? Or where have you I, been? Well, I'm working for... Where have I been? I've been working for an organ procurement uh, organization, and I do a couple things for them. I sit in a little room and wait for the phone to ring when somebody dies, and then I work with families to get them to donate and things like that. But I also do recovery, and uh, so I actually go out and uh, basically get parts, and uh, I uh, do human recycling, which is really fun. Uh, but I'm also still in EMS, and uh, but I was concentrating on getting this other career up and running and everything like that. And it's it's kind of funny. Um, uh, Greg Fries just would not let me alone. <laughs> right on. <laughs> I love that guy, but he's kind of drawn me back into. Yeah, he's kind of drawn me back into the Educast and doing some EMS education things and stuff like that. And, I just decided, you know, this is, you know, I should be talking to the guys again since I seem to be doing almost half and half now. It seems like I'm doing half EMS, half uh, half uh, organ procurement. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to come by and say hello to everybody and talk. I've been putting stuff on my blog lately, and I'm coming out of hiding. Why? And what was your blog? Tell us your blog again. 
Oh, gosh. It's Gilmerville.com. And I've got something really horrible up there right now. <laughs> it's kind of a... Um, <laughs> there's always something train wreckish on there. I love um, it. I love but it. But no... The, Oh, no, it's a funny story. It's just kind of risque. It's a little bit body. It's about a, uh, oh, it's an old story about a, a training uh, training officer who had a student, and he was just, oh, he was messing with his head, and it, it got him in the end. But, um, yeah, anyway, drop by there. I put my thoughts there every once in a while. Not all of them are appropriate, but that's okay. <laughs> right on. Well, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. You know, the, the my favorite oh, picture, sure. is the picture uh, on there still with the whole lego scene or the the stuffed animal scene with the guns and the the yeah that's a great they do they they rotate as you each time you change a page you get a new picture there's about 15 of them on there but that's in rotation yeah wasn't that a picture from your kids room or did was that actually just something you found online yeah no i know i I actually uh to make the pictures for the website i got out all my um my daughter's toys and then uh, uh, one of them happened to be a little EMT with a stethoscope, and I thought, oh, isn't this cute? So I started making uh, wrecks with all their toys, and you know, some of the arms and legs came off of the <laughs> <laughs> various action figures. And this nice little Fisher Price, you know, EMT is holding up an arm every now and then with a little smile on her face. So it's, it, it was fun. Right on. It was a different right. photo shoot. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, well, thanks for coming on, Mr. Prodigal, and I hope to. Uh, get you back into the family and then get you to some of our live broadcasts now that we do dude it's gotten big it, you you leave for like 100 episodes and things change so it's it's been awesome and we have we have girls on now too it's crazy uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they actually listen to our show and they, they don't find me as all geeky really I thought. yeah i know i know although she's a nurse Wait, so. wow okay so also yeah, coming on tonight well, is, me. i know well miss carrying ann ann robinson hello sir. ma'am Yes, hello, how are you? And you still are all that geeky. <gasps> oh, I used to like you, but that's okay. Hey, you know what? Well, you've got something cool coming up tonight, and, and I think I'm going to copy you because I think it sounds like so much fun, and I get to start mine on Wednesday, but I'm going to let you plug your little deal, and then we're going to... I bet Scott and Russell... I bet all of them can come up with an idea of how to make it even more fun. And to the winner of this contest we've got coming up... Oh, no, sorry. To the winner of this... Um, it's not a contest because we can't call it contest because the lawyers told me I can't say that. To the winner of this giveaway okay. we have coming up, um, you will get a piece of junk off my desk. So um, I, I, And I promise I might sign it <laughs> even. <laughs> Dude, but you know what's funny? <laughs> really? Is, uh, well, no, no, no. So, so here's the funny thing. Two almost a year ago, we were at EMS today, and I'm walking through the hall, and these two guys run up to me and they go, "You're Chris Montera," and I'm like, "Yeah," and I'm, they're like, "We know you. We listen to the Garage." Blah blah. blah. And I'm like, "All right, this is too sweet. Let me get your pic. Let me get my picture with you guys, please." So I have that picture, and I love it. So ever since then, I thought I was a big. Oh, that's cool. But apparently not. No, that was the only time that's ever happened to me. So anyway. Well, that's one of the things that's got me back here is that I've been seen in the wild every now and then. <laughs> and it's such a rush. No, it's such a rush when somebody you absolutely do not know, like, singles you out for <laughs> having done that. It's nice. It kind of freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> oh, no, that's good. That's really good. No, oh, it is. It, right on. Well, thank you. And we have, You know what uh, you need to do, though? What's that? What's that? Oh no no no! I was just thinking if if you're you're doing video now, right? A little and bit. You're on yeah. UStream, and I can't yeah. see it anywhere. 
years ago, I had a contest for my students. And what I did is I said, bring me the ugliest thing in your garage or whatever like that. And the person who wins, that'll actually sit up in my office and it'll be our decoration. And then you'll get like 100 points on a quiz question. And I've got all these velvet paintings and kind of crazy stuff like that. Well, you need to hold a contest to for somebody to send you something like that so you can have it on Ustream and, you're, and be back behind you while you're you're hosting. Well, no, I, I would go for the either A, the ugliest coffee cup, or B, the ugliest wine goblet you have, and I will drink it there live you go. on the show. There you go. Yes, because I always enjoy a nice Pinot. Um, so anyway. So, yeah, because the name of our last episode was The Hangover, thanks to Scott Gear. <laughs> scott how are you sir i'm i'm doing well i i actually have a nice uh 2006 sterling vintage merlot tonight Ooh, wow i don't i don't know if i could talk to you you sound really fancy <laughs> I'm trust having, me i'm not that fancy i might as well drink it out of a paper cup i have i have box wine so you know <laughs> just, yeah at least wow, you come out of a box <laughs> i know i know Oh. I, I, I used to know a girl, actually. Her nickname was Box of Wine. <laughs> uh, I don't want to know how she got that. I don't either. I'm kind of weirding me out <laughs> a little bit. It's quite the story, let me tell you. Anyway, uh, Russell Stein, yeah. how are you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing too bad. I am not drunk, but I am Yet. a little woozy off Oxy. So. Ooh, well, We're hey, good. kind of the same thing. You could be good. It's all fine. And finally, yeah, yeah. speaking of the Yeti slash Sasquatch of EMS, Mr. Tim Noonan. Hello, sir. Hello. The rarely Great. seen nice. Tim. Uh, you've been that insulted. That I hadn't heard in a while there. I know. Mr. Buck Ferris. Isn't that good? Or mine? <laughs> um, I can suggest some administrators that he might procure some organs from. Yeah. Via service. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> They're not using the brains. <laughs> Maybe they need a brain. I don't know. So, now, now it sounds like we're yeah, doing either way. Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Uh, well, thank you all for coming on tonight. And up first, our very first story comes from New Jersey. Luckily enough for Tim, that's close to him. Uh, the Bay One Medical Center unveiled two billboards this week that feature real-time ER weight. And on the billboard, it says ER wait time right now. Eight minutes. It's almost like, is that as fast as you're going to get treated when you walk in? Or is that as fast as you're going to get triaged as you walk in? I want to know. That seems like a little bit of false advertising. I don't know. You tell me. It says in the story, I think it says that uh, that's the time to wait till you see a healthcare professional. Again, to the... Yeah, it's in there, but I'm like, is that to the, you know, you get triaged healthcare the triage nurse? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, we'll <laughs> take your you blood pressure. Triage nurse exactly. I don't know. It, it seems Should that a little... be the focus of an emergency department? Uh, that's kind of why I brought up the story, because it seems a little odd to me that you would that your ER wait times are so bad or that that's your main focus that you have to, you know, have an ER wait time. And does it send the wrong message saying, you know, do we now as EMS providers have to say, well, yeah, now that you go in, let's drive by the billboard. Yep. You have eight minutes till you see the doctor. I promise it'll be fine. 
It's just like EMS response times, 8.59 or less than 90% of the time. And that's <laughs> all people care about, not whether they have good medics responding. And do I get a money-back no. guarantee on that? I mean, what, what kind of guarantee? Uh, whatever. I, I, that's I just, pizza. It's, that's what people want to know, though. In Louisville, this would fly wonderfully. The, all the ERs get calls, and they ask this specific question, how long is the wait time for your ER? And uh, sometimes it can be as long as six or eight hours. So that means a lot to people. That's why I'm kind of laughing at this picture I'm looking at right now. Eight minutes, so you'd have to put hours in here if it was Louisville. So um, can I? And that really does make people make a decision. Yeah. Well, but I want to ask the public health nurse, how, what percentage of the ER visits in the United States are primary care visits, public health nurse? Uh, that would be a whopping 80%. So that's my next question. Why are you there? And why are you waiting six hours? Because everyone is there just to get a ear check or they have a fever. They're not really there for an emergency, but that's a whole nother conversation. But I think it's germane to the point that we wouldn't have such a backlog in our ERs or in our emergency system. If people actually went to primary care or primary care was more, more affordable or, uh, name accessible. your reason. Accessible. Or the urgent care was open during great hours or accessible hours. Well, I mean, like there a are, step but down there are, urgent. Well, but there are some urgent cares that are open 24 hours or more than that. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess it, it's just kind of a telling tale that we have to put our ER wait time now on a billboard. It's just a little odd to me. Wow, don't all speak at once. Wow. Way to go. <clears throat> I, I, I think their their heart is in the right place. I, I think it's an advertising gimmick. I would love to know what the what the background behind, you know, Bayonne Medical Center is, is as far as financially how they're doing. Um, if they're trying to increase volume or, or what. But it's, it's it's an interesting tactic and I don't know. I mean, we have we have one ER around here that says we measure our wait time in minutes and not hours. And the running joke is, oh well, it takes two hundred and forty hour, two hundred forty minutes to see a doctor instead of you know four hours. But <laughs> it's it's it, it's an interesting way to go with things. And I don't know. It do, does it fix the problem? No. And and Annie is is totally completely correct. I you know the the problem here is accessibility to the the proper care and and what people deem as proper care and what they use as proper care and let's face it the public isn't going down the right avenue no or what is the well, quality of care that you're public in the right place okay yeah. wow all that at once tim what did you have to say how is this having your heart in the right place uh the response or the wait time is going to be completely different depending on what condition you have when you come in if you need your nails trimmed it's going to be several hours if you're having a heart attack or some other true emergency something that you actually should be visiting the emergency department for it should be rather brief but if you can register yourself it's going to take you more than eight minutes just to register yourself well that's true i, I guess my point is is that they're they're trying to inform the public and they're, they're trying to have people walk in the door with a little bit more information and maybe alleviate some of the traffic that's hopefully not necessary i mean yes you might lose some of the 
you know, necessary traffic, the walk-in traffic that might actually have to walk in that chest pain patient. Hopefully that doesn't drive past the ER because they see the wait time is so long. But I don't know. I, I just think that it's... It's it's kind of the wave of the future, and and what Bayonne is trying to do is is trying to increase their volume. I would think. I mean, we we live in a in a very time sensitive world now. Everybody wants instant gratification. Everybody wants things quickly, and they want to know how quickly they get things. And I just think you know Bayonne is just kind of moving with information because it's useless information because there's no context. People showing up. And they may bypass that because they say, well, I'm having a heart attack. It'll take me five minutes to get to the next hospital down the road. I'll be seen three minutes sooner. Uh, While other people are saying, oh, you know, I've got a toothache. I need to get that seen right away. And then they're going to have a fit when it takes 10 minutes. Uh, Or at 10 minutes, they're going to have a fit and not realize that it's going to take a couple more hours before they're seen. How is it? truth in advertising how is it helpful how is it doing anything positive well and and wouldn't it you know i wouldn't be driving around going gee i'm having chest pain okay that er is eight minutes let me drive down the road oh that one's only four i mean wouldn't shouldn't we be doing a better job as as ems providers and, and bayonne well uh, true and if i could pronounce bayonne instead of bay one that would be even better but uh so but if I, I would hope that I'm not driving around. Instead, I actually call 911 and wait the eight minutes to get the near emergency room to my doorstep. To get to where you are in traffic. Yeah, true. I mean, but at least they're treating me the entire time, which would be nice. I'm just saying. And people don't understand. Oh, I, I guess I guess you really would have emergency a picture. I mean, well, this I'm is sorry, a weird one. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh no! Sorry, Buck. Go, go, go. Oh no! I'm sorry. <laughs> we're all we're all. Somebody's got to be the traffic controlman. <laughs> all right, go ahead, Buck. All right, go ahead. That's right. All right. No, no. Rescue Monkey just sent me a link. Apparently, there is the Jewish Hospital System in Louisville has a website where they publish all the wait times for all their ERs. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Jewish Hospital downtown, 74 minutes. Uh, Medical Center East, 30 minutes. And apparently, you're supposed to log onto their website and see which one has the quickest wait and then go to the correct Jewish hospital. That's a little different. Man, it's almost um, like, isn't there a... It's right here in town. But isn't there like a... A new. Have you guys heard those um, ads for the bank that says, "Log on to our website and see what the wet, wait time is to talk to a, a banking representative." See that to me is service. Who's going to do that? Well, I I would do it before I called. I'm like, well, if it's two in the afternoon, it's probably not. A, I mean, intuitive, you would probably know that between 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. that ER is going to be slammed anyway. But I, I I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying that. This is just weird to me. I, I why aren't we referring people to the right location versus going to the highest cost center in the hospital of the the emergency room? Yeah. Um, well, emergency doesn't mean emergency anymore. I think it should be like life threat center or something. Right. Yeah. But people aren't going to pick. That's you know one of the rants I used to have when I was on this show more frequently was the the only the the people with the least amount of medical care are the people who are making the most amount of choices which is odd um you know if you 
if you took somebody right off the street and asked them, hey, do you know the difference between an immediate care center, an emergency room, or anything? They wouldn't know. They have no idea. And we've all made runs where people have the sniffles and they called an ambulance. Obviously, something has come unhooked there. Um, so how do you educate the public to actually start out walking into the right door trying to access the, the, the right service? I, I have an because idea. Because that's the only thing you're going to I have an idea. Don't put your no. ER wait time on a billboard. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, it just reeks of like, are you kidding me? Oh gosh. What, no. Instead of that, they the should put, hate it. well, don't come to your, don't come to the ER, go to the primary care slash urgent care. I mean, that would be a better billboard message anyway, but that's, but see, right. uh, okay. Who am I? All right. Have I ranted well, enough? Have- calls? Go ahead, Buck. Oh, I'm sorry. I said, well, how many of us have run calls where you, you go to the immediate care center and somebody went there with chest pain? True. Right? That's true. True. All the I time. Mean, they, 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 you know, or people, you know, they're shot in the chest and they drive themselves to the hospital. I mean, no, no, there's, there's, nobody's doing anything. <laughs> but you're right. This is probably not the way to. Yeah. And did you yeah. have something? Well, I'm not as concerned about the wait time, but about the quality of care that's provided. Or what are their customer satisfaction? I mean, you can go into an ER that has a really quick wait time, but if you're treated like crap, why go there? And if you're not treated well and you're not provided the right care or misdiagnosis because they're going so quick, does that help? No. So I'm more worried about the quality of care that you're receiving, not the amount of time that you're waiting. But that would be the So you want to know what the pressure on that. Yeah. So you want to know what the pressure on the employees is to keep that number on that billboard low. Correct. And I want to know how satisfied yeah. the customers are. I would rather you publicize the customer satisfaction rate on the billboards because that's a, that's truth telling. Because that says score? then the employees are happy. Yes. Your press gaining, but you know, your different scores have nothing to do with real patient care. Press gaining is the people who actually are upset about, about things and what they complain about. And those are usually the ones who aren't. Uh, emergencies and they're complaining because they didn't get the concierge care they they desired. Not necessarily. You can tailor those scores to really per department, per type of patient, per type of diagnosis, and you can really narrow them down in order to make it, to show the impact that you are having on patient care. But it, it depends how each hospital wants to spin them and use them into to make themselves look better. But I think it's more truth telling those scores than ER wait times. So in other words, there are lies, damn lies and statistics. Accurate. (laughs) Well, that's a phrase that's used by people who don't understand statistics, but going back to the press gaining scores and the ER wait times, they're both, useless. There are things that, as you said, can be spun to say whatever you want. I'm not getting yeah, in the, I'm not getting s- in this fight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that I'm not crazy. <laughs> getting between getting between Tim Noonan and the nurse, no, not gonna happen. <laughs> I have no and then you start spinning there. numbers in there. Oh man. Oh. The people who provide the best care get some of the worst press gaining scores because what they're interested in doing is what is best for your emergency condition 
not taking care of somebody who's got a little kid with an earache and wants antibiotics or somebody who came in because uh, they want to go into rehab or something else that is not life-threatening. And that has a big effect on the press gaining scores. Okay. Yeah, this is probably an entire podcast in itself. Yeah, you, you put that on the research thing. You guys got your own statistic the- thing over there. Yeah, you know. <laughs> You're killing me. You're killing me. No, um... Well, I do agree with some of the points. I think that really we should be working on educating people to go to the right cost center for their care and choose their care appropriately. I would love to see them post what their average ER bill is on the website. Now that would get people from that would stop people from going mm-hmm. there. Mm. Yeah, it okay, also stops people mean. from calling nine one one. Well, true, but I don't care. But, but but would they pay that anyway? Is is the is the next question? They won't pay it. I mean, they're not going to pay it because you see, right? They're not really so putting the ER bill up there. Is pretty much points. Exactly. So pretty much pointing putting the putting the Maybe ER bill cost up there isn't going to mean cost. anything. But it might get some attention. I mean, if I was headed, if I had my daughter in the car in the middle of the night going, gee, she's got an earache and I want to go to the emergency room. And I passed that billboard that said the average ER visit is $10,000 at our, at our place. Hmm. I'm going to think twice about, you know, why don't I spend the $250 and go see the primary care physician in the morning and miss a little sleep? Well, let me ask you a question. Okay. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me try and put this in the right direction, I guess. Um, what should they advertise? I mean, obviously, pharma- I hate pharmaceutical ads. I think those are inappropriate. Um, there's a lot of inappropriate medical advertising. What If you're an ER and you want to single yourself out from other ERs in town, how should you advertise that? You what shouldn't. Should you, say? you shouldn't advertise. Or you should say, we're really good at cardiac care. We're really good at stroke care. We're really good at taking care of the orthopedic injury that you have, whatever the case may be. But you know what? I could care less if you're really good at taking care of me quickly because that's not necessarily the best. That's not the best patient care. Anyway, I don't know. I'm just ranting, ranting. I'm sorry because it really drives me crazy. (laughs) Outcomes matter. Right, Tim. Is there any other reason to be going to an emergency department than the outcomes? You're going there because you have what should be an emergency condition, and the only thing you should be thinking about is, I want to be better. I don't want to die. I don't want to be permanently disabled. I want to have as short a hospital stay as is practical for the condition that I have. I don't want to spend a month in the ICU. And if you're driving around with your little girl uh, and... She needs to be admitted. You're probably going to need to be transferred to a pediatric hospital anyway. So whatever the cost of the first hospital was, at a specialty hospital to it afterward. Okay. All right. I'm so there. you think it'd be useful for all these people to... Oops. No, no, I'm fine. I'm there. So I'm going to stop the conversation Sometimes there. People because... won't understand the numbers anymore. Right, exactly. But they're not they're not going to and I'm just ranting about nothing and really just kinda really annoyed me that they were putting their ER wait times up. Well, but I think it's a good MS idea. Week, we could free EMS week we could educate people about what EMS does, not the um 
last week on EMS Office Hours, Jim Hoffman went off on a rant about uh, EMS Week and how we show them the stretcher and, you know, people don't understand anything about what we do more than just transport. Uh, we should educate mm-hmm. hospital personnel about what HIPAA means. We are part of the healthcare team as much as everybody in that hospital is, and we are entitled to the same information they are. And people don't understand that. We should be educating people about what EMS does and the difference that EMS can make in the outcome. And when it comes to hospitals, we should be educating people about what the emergency department does. Okay, very good points. And we're going to talk about Audible for a minute because then we'll move on to our next topic tonight. Wisconsin communities come together (laughs) for paramedic service in 150 square miles. Okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. But first, go to audible.com. 85,000 titles. There is every genre there. You can really listen to a lot of things. You know, we do about an hour of content on the garage a week. And collectively as a network, we produce probably what, six hours of content, maybe a week, some weeks it's hit or miss, but for the most part, you'll get six hours of content out of us. If you go to the ProMed network, we may give you 20 hours a week of content. But if you go to Audible, you're going to be able to fill in all those other hours of driving, commuting, going on that long vacation. You know, it's getting to be summertime and you're going to want to go on that summer vacation. So here's my book of the week, Tina Fey, Bossy Pants. Uh, it's narrated by Tina Fey. She is funny. If you ever saw Saturday Night Live, Sarah Palin was classic. I mean, she is just amazing. So get her book, Bossy Pants. I, I hate to admit it, but I recently saw her on the Oprah Winfrey show and she was awesome. So go to audibletrial.com forward slash EMS garage. Remember, you don't have to try the book I say. You can choose any of the 85,000 titles, any genre, sci-fi, one of my personal favorites if you want to go there and listen to that. I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling soon and I'm taking my Audible books with me. Audibletrial.com forward slash EMS garage. And we'd like to thank Audible for being our broadcast sponsor this week. You watch Oprah? (sighs) Shut up. (laughs) Maybe a little bit. It's her last season. I got to watch occasionally oh i know sorry i'm calling you out i have a little bit of a sensitive side (laughs) anyway speaking of sensitive people in wisconsin are trying to bring together three paramedic services into one 150 square miles or sorry five communities the um oh god why do they have to have such weird names it's washku i don't know and washington counties at least i can read that one um apparently are exploring the possibility of regionalizing their paramedic service into 150 square miles um my paramedic service covers 1100 so probably not a bad idea to regionalize that deal uh it's we're in the very very early stages of discussion and really, I brought this this post up because I really wanted to start highlighting the idea that as we move into a more, as the this recession carries on or lingers on, is it something that we're going to see more and more of where, where communities like these small communities that forever have had their own little deal have decided to start coming together in different ways and, and really start trying to pool their resources and, and create one thing? Or am I crazy? Well, isn't it going to lead to better care, more organized and consistent care, rather than having people uh, trying to compete with their neighbors? Oh, we've got to fly this patient because we can't have uh, our township not covered by our ambulance if 
the neighboring township comes in, they'll provide horrible care, even though they probably share per diem personnel. They're full-time at one town and per diem at the other. They act like there's not that going on. Why not mm. mix them all together, hire a full-time medical director who can pay attention to what they're doing instead of having one medical director for every four or five medics for every little town and you know do things the right way well bigger is not necessarily better all the time not necessarily, but if you want to pay a medical director what you should be paying a medical director, and good ones should not be cheap. We should <clears throat> not be trying to see how yeah. little we can get away with paying a medical director. We should be paying for a high-quality medical director. And to do that for a service that has one or two ambulances, uh, it doesn't work. You, know, you end up with a medical director yeah. covering half a dozen different uh, paramedic services. Why not just put them all under one medical director, have them all operating on the same protocols with the same management structure, and that way you provide consistent care to all of the community. Maybe all the ambulances are BLS and you have medics and fly cars responding. And you get more experience from yeah. medics rather than having them tied up doing all the BLS calls all the things where people are worried about what the wait time in the ER is. <laughs> well, it's funny you well, should Chris, mention... You cover well, go, 11, ahead, go ahead. No, you cover 11,000... What'd you say? 1,100 square miles? Yeah, 1,100 square miles. How many medics do you have on staff at any one time to do that? Uh, two ALS trucks and a, and a half-time supervisor. Hmm. But what's um? And, uh, well, what's your response time? Uh, well, our our average response time is six point is six minutes and thirty seconds. Our ninety percent, really? our ninetieth though. Uh, uh, we have we have two <laughs> two ALS uh, two ALS, two paramedic ALS trucks. Now there is a caveat to that. We have about bring eleven thousand miles. Eleven hundred. Eleven hundred. Eleven thousand would be a lot. That's like actually, I do know a service that covers yeah, ten thousand right. square miles with one truck. But anyway, um, wow. still eleven hundred miles is a huge area to have an average response time of around six fifty. I think you, said. you have to look at your. Well, the average is good. the The ninetieth we're hitting right at thirteen twenty, but you have to understand too that. Um, our population center is centered around two towns, so it makes our deployment very easy. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the those calls that fall out of that um, 90th percentile um, are rare and not and pretty. So yeah, you know you're playing with the numbers there, but still you. But you mentioned a good point though, Tim. That um, in the article they talked about that four of the communities already share medical control under one hospital and one physician group. Okay, so so the quality of care issue goes out the window because you would have to say that those people probably are providing the exact same quality of care because they have the exact same physician. So why wouldn't you have done this earlier? I don't know. It's I, it, it, we got to stop drawing the lines in EMS. What kind of oversight though are they getting? Well, I I don't yeah. know that. You can't really tell are that they, from the article. No, exactly. But and that's not the only thing. Having. Uh, 
by having those services combined, you make it easier for the medical director to say this is the way we're going to do things. I don't know how they run things there. Um, I have family in the area, and I don't think this any of these services were the ones who responded, but I've been very pleased with the response. When my grandmother was alive, they took excellent care of her. Um, but what kind of oversight are they getting if they're broken up into different groups? One of the things that is a problem in Pennsylvania is that every town has its own medics, and some of them are combining, but some are also splitting up into smaller groups. And it doesn't make for good contact between the medical director and the medics. And it doesn't make it easy. For but this isn't how they're really going to save money. What do you think? What do you think there, Buck? I'm, well, I was I was thinking that's not really how you save money with this move. I mean, obviously, all these people have a director. Well, those are going to go away. All these people have supervisors. Those go away. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it makes it, it, if there was a lot of redundancy, that's okay, but you can almost see redundancy everywhere. And, um, you know, he went immediately to the medical director. I don't see that as being the big, <clears throat> the big push for this. They're probably trying to get rid of redundancy in management and, uh, which m- might sadly mean that a lot of people are, are losing their jobs. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I don't think that's what they're trying for. I'm thinking that's the biggest problem with having the very fractured EMS that we have in Pennsylvania. Uh, most of the good medical directors are medical directors for three, four, five different EMS agencies. How do you provide quality oversight yeah. to a bunch of different agencies like that? It's about what's best for the patient and having a medical director able to provide competent oversight, not the absentee medical directors that a lot of these places will have. Um, I've worked some places where I never met the medical director. Um, the medical director <laughs> wouldn't have known me at all. And, I, and I've had things happen where I said, this is what I did. This is why I violated protocol. And the medical director didn't even want to talk to me about it. And not to know mm-hmm. if there was a good reason, not to know if there was a bad reason, not for anything. Just it's none of my business. I'm just a medical director. I just sign papers, and I'm never going to get in trouble for incompetent care by medics. So what do I care? It's not my license. After all, we're not operating on the medical director's license, no matter what fantasies people tell us. Okay, I'll be the contrarian and say I think it's a bad idea. <laughs> I not that I personally agree with that. But I'm just saying I don't know. I want to stir some controversy here because I'm like you know, uh, I mean, all these towns are different. Why can't they have different EMS systems? I mean, they probably all have different fire departments. Why do they all need? I mean, why do we? Why do we oft, oftentimes think that bigger medicine is better? Why do we think that more or or combined EMS services are better? I'm being the contrarian. Doesn't necessarily that those views yeah. are not necessarily mine. But I think that we have to start talking about. I think I think that way too sometimes. Though, so. right, right. So, but but so well, big I mean, is not better. The, the, oh, go ahead. No, you're fine. Go. Now, some of the best EMS services I've worked for um, were two-truck services, and the reason I like them so much 
was because if I wanted to change something, I could walk in the director's office and go, hey, can we buy this thing? And he'd look on his computer and look on the spreadsheet and he'd go, yeah, we can afford that. And a week later, it would show up. Um, if you wanted to hold a training on something, you'd say, by God, let's have a training next shift and let's have it about this. And it was nice to have that immediacy <clears throat> as long as you have mature you know, frontline That's employees. That's true, but it also but it seems- allows... That's true, but it also allows for any of the services that are not motivated to do a great job to do a pathetic job. And why don't the patients covered by those services deserve uh, quality care? By spreading it out a little bit, you can afford a better medical director uh, for all of the patients instead of just some happening to luck into a good medical director while the medical director happens to be there and once that medical director leaves maybe the medical director who comes in isn't interested or maybe he's still doing medical director stuff from another state yeah who knows what well, you're just assuming on. that the you medical director means everything fractured level of care I think the medical director is the most important part of the EMS. Who else is supposed to protect the patients? Disagree. Disagree. (laughs) I think think a medical... Well, I agree. Well, I think I know where Buck was going. Buck, you go with it because I'm going to follow you there because I have a story. Ah, no, but I mean, you know, the medical okay. director is part Who of, else is of the deal. To but I protect the patients from. If not the medical director, who else? Is the to medical director the doesn't protect the patients. Medicine. I'm sorry, that's not true. Buck, no. talk. Do you tell me? But that's what the medical director. No, no, okay, no, 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 what no. The medical director. No, 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 no. You're. How does the your QA department, your training department, your director? Okay, so it's my show, so I'm going to talk. So, um, <laughs> I get to talk. No, 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 no. So, all right, so here's the deal. You, if you don't like your medical director and he's not doing a good job, you fire him. You are the leader of your organization. Yeah. You fire him. He is not there to protect the public. He's there to make sure that that he, that's not his job. Our that job as providers, our job is no, 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 no. Our job as providers is to to and as leaders of the organization is to ensure that we're providing a good service to the public. And that also that also means that we protect them. And that also means that we have constituent. Don't get me into this protection thing because I just was fighting with some people about this recently. And they were big. And I want I well I haven't won yet, but I'm trying to. But I I I'm just I'm tired of people telling me that certain people protect them. We all have an interest in protecting the public. That is our job. The physician Absolutely. is no more important the than level there no. is physician no 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 the the physician works for me the physician works for me not the other way around without a physician what can you i'll get another i'll get another physician and i'll get a better one it's that easy i'll I'll fire so you need a physician you have to well it's important that you start but he's not what if no competent physician wants for you oh they'll be climbing over themselves to get this job trust me No, because they, well, it's that not that hard. It's not that hard. But what about, hold on, hold on. What about the places where they're not climbing all over themselves to get there? What about the places that are too small to offer them 
good pay in order to be good medical. Then they should combine. (laughs) What about the places where... Wow. (laughs) Sorry. Dang it. (laughs) All right, fine. If it'll shut you up, Tim, I'll agree with you. (laughs) Well, tell your story, though. What's your story? There are a lot of places that are too small to uh, have good medical directors. And, yes, the medics should be uh, in administration and supervision should be making sure that quality care is delivered. But that's not always the case. And in some of these two medic services, you've only got one chief medic who's pulling full-time street shifts anyway. Okay, true. All right, well, when I came into my service a couple of years ago, I, uh, I, I didn't fire the medical director as so much as I said we, it's time for a change. And so we went outside and we had five competent medical directors apply and we had a we had a very lengthy hard process to get through and we chose what what i thought at the time and i still agree with is probably one of the best medical directors i've ever worked with and he cares and he serves on our state boards now and he you know he's a former family practice doc who's now a reformed emergency room doc and he you know he, he actually went back and did his residency after he was a family practice doc to become board certified in emergency medicine so though that tells me right there that this guy cares so i all i'm saying is that it's up to the leadership in a service to recognize when things don't go right wherever that leadership is if it's because not every leader is empowered with that ability whether that's the town council whether that's the hospital board, the hospital CEO, the um, county manager, whoever that person is, somebody needs to recognize that things aren't working right. And just because you aren't getting complaints and people aren't dying doesn't mean you couldn't be doing better. And I think the best comment I've heard recently is, we're not on the cutting edge. We're just a few centimeters back from the cutting edge. Well, that to me is not the place I want to be. I want to be on the cutting edge. I want to be right there. So I'm ready to be that way. And I want somebody that's going to work with us that's ready to do those things. In fact, we had a, a trauma site survey for our local um, urgent care out here, who's now a level five trauma facility. And one of the ER docs from a very big ER in Denver said, he, was, he came up to us and he said, so, so when you guys have a, a CPR in progress, do you transport to the urgent care? I said, sir, actually, we don't transport CPR in progress. He, he looks at me. I said, kind of the national trend, and we stick by this pretty well, is we work them on scene, and if we get a pulse back, then we'll transport them to the appropriate facility. And the ER doc looks at me and goes, great job. He goes, I didn't expect that level of sophistication. So I'm like, really? Just because we're rural doesn't mean we can't be on that edge, and we can't be doing things that are that are very easily nationally accepted standards and, and can do that. So anyway, that that's my rant. That's my story. Something about... You said something about patients dying. How do you know if patients are dying? Well, good point. I mean, I guess people. I guess people would be complaining to determine what. How do you determine what are expected fatalities and which ones may be caused by EMS or which ones may happen later in the hospital? They were alive when I got there and they were dead when I left. Those are bad things. Those are bad outcomes. Now, everything else in the middle is all up to interpretation. That's just the surrogate endpoints that we use because we don't know enough about what we're doing to track what matters. Um, We still have to learn how to better track what does matter. 
But the thing is, all we do is we try to make the vital signs look good at the time of transfer, and that's not necessarily a good outcome. If we give enough epi to get a pulse back and drop them off at the hospital so they can deliver expensive care for somebody who's discharged with severe neurological deficits and runs up a huge bill, that's considered a success in EMS because, hey, they had a pulse when we transferred care. On the other hand, if we don't give a bunch of epi and maybe we get them back on the third or the fourth shock instead of on the first shock after the epi, and they come out of the hospital neurologically intact, we don't see the difference between that because when we transferred hey, care, Tim, they also just had a pulse. Hey, Tim. There's no difference in EMS. Tim, I'm going to cut you off because I've got a lightning storm going on around my house, and I have a lot of metal equipment around oh. my head right now, so I pre- prefer not to die. And so <laughs> I'm going to... I'm gonna, um, I, I think this is a good conversation. I think we'll do it another time. But this lightning was like literally like outside my house. Just n- yeah, I, I'm like uh, lightning freaks me out enough to not uh, to know that I have enough medic metal and stuff around my head right now that I need to run. But Tim, tell us where people can read about you and find out more information about you. Uh, Rogmatic.com at emsblogs.com and at paramedicine101.com. Very cool. Thank you. Sky Cure, where can people find you? That would be at medicspk.com, medicspk on Twitter, and next week at EMS on the Hill in Washington, D.C. Yay, you're going to go. I'm so glad you're going to be there. Good job. Absolutely. It's going to be fun. Russell, where can people find you? Uh, Hybridmedic.com, Hybridmedic on Facebook, Hybridmedic on Twitter. Right on. Buck! Yay! Where can people find the prodigal? Hey! <laughs> Gomerville.com and uh, uh, at Buckman on Twitter, um, as always. I always loved calling you Buck Naked. It was like my favorite thing to say. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, and it said a lot. I know it's awesome. All right, so Anne, you have to tell me about your contest here. What's going on with you in the next two weeks that you're so excited about? So, starting a week from today, I'm going to be traveling for ten days and hitting about eight different airports and various different states. Going to the National Teaching Institute Critical Care Nurses Conference and um, different locations. And I wanted to put on a challenge, or I guess I really can't say contest, to be able to track what airport do you think that I'm in during a certain day or time, and who can guess the airport, and in what way, and where am I, and who has the best record to be able to track my path through my 10-day adventure. So I was kind of looking for some ideas. I had thought about a contest of taking pictures and snapshots of a single location in every airport for people to kind of track where I am and to guess where I'm at, such as the gift shop, maybe maybe honing into some logos or ideas in the gift shop. But I'm kind of open to some ideas on that. Every Starbucks. Oh, sorry. That would be bad. Yeah, but DIA only has one Starbucks, uh, and it's like in the bottom level B basement. I know. How so, about every dartboard with a losing score? Oh, I love you, Scott. Oh, that one's Ouch. Loved you there till you started talking. Okay, so I'm going to do the same thing. And mine starts actually 
Wednesday. So you're going to post to your Facebook, Anne. Is that correct? Is that yes, how you're going to post correct. it? All right. So what's your Facebook yes. page? Caring Anne on so Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Caring Anne. And it's A-N-N-E. No, there's an, there's an E at the end of that, Anne. And then you can find mine, facebook.com forward slash geeky medic. And so mine starts Wednesday. Yours starts a week from today, correct? Monday, which would be, correct. so I'll try and post this before I take off. Um, I should be successful with that some, at some point tomorrow. Um, so if I put it up Tuesday, then people can start tech figuring out where we're at and the, and the person that guesses the most can win some free crap off my desk. Um, mainly the biggest thing I have right now is a pocket protector for 89 cents and a bunch of Boingo free Wi-Fi offers. So in fact, I better put a couple of those in my briefcase, but, uh, so I have six or seven. What's that? (laughs) So you high roller. I know. And I have one, I have one VIP, audible.com card left and it is it's good for two complimentary books so i will throw that in as well so if whoever guesses the most between ann and i i'm gonna i'm gonna throw that out there then you will win at least the audible.com vip gift and a couple hours of free boingo wi-fi in many many twenty-two thousand locations or something across the united states and maybe I'll throw in this sweet copy of The Medical Economist with the um, Dr. Anonymous on it. And if you're on this podcast, you're not eligible to win. So anyway, so I <laughs> just had to throw that out there. Um, I think uh, I have. And, and I so wanted a pocket protector. I know. I know you did. Who doesn't want a pocket protector? I mean, seriously. I even have a, I even have a sport. I have a Autographed hip. by Chris. I'm not going to autograph it, but hip clip stethoscope holder. I'll even throw that in. It's five bucks, so I'll throw that in too. And uh, I think I have a roll of. You autograph it, you'll at least double the value. (laughs) Until they go, who's this guy? What is that sort? So, when does your start in? Monday. Uh, Mine starts Monday. Monday the uh, third, right? Second. The third. Second. No. Second. Second. May 2nd. Now that I said the lightning was I'm coming. I'm just getting, trying to get through today. Yeah. Okay. Now the lightning stopped. Yeah, the lightning stopped. So thank I know. You. Did you hear that? That was bad. So We're in the same Oh, time. it was bad. The whole house about shut down. Yeah, mine, so. yeah, mine shook. So, uh, so anyway, so follow us on Facebook. Follow our adventures. Uh, Anne and I's paths may cross at some point. So you never know. We may be in the same airport, but we're taking pictures of different things. Maybe we'll take a picture of the same thing. And you never know. And that would be a bonus. If you could figure out when our paths are crossing and you're in the same airport at the same time, that is a bonus material. We'll pick out at, we're at various conferences and we'll pick up the best swag and throw it into the pot. Ooh, especially you're, we're both going to a conference over the next two weeks. We'll be at different conferences, but then again, we may be at the same conference. We're not going to really let you know. Um, she'll, she'll be at one. She's already revealed hers. You'll see mine coming up very soon. Actually, we will be at different conferences, but, um, I'll be at the NTI. No, you'll be at the NTI conference. I'll be at the ITS conference, which is the integrated training summit, which will be broadcasting live from Ustream very soon, starting next Tuesday. So if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you'll be able to see all of the public health preparedness and federal response stuff coming up there. I think we're going to get about 2,500 viewers per day is what they were estimating. So we'd love to have you guys watch and follow us. And we're pretty excited about that. So 
Anne, where can people find out more information about you or if they want to follow you or read your rantings, where can they find you? Well, at this point, as I am developing this little network of mind, um, the best places on Facebook right now at carrying it, well, Facebook backslash carrying Anne, um, is the best place to find me at this point. And, um, just keep watching forward slash carrying in not backslash forward slash whatever that thing everybody knows <laughs> maybe they're maybe they're maybe they're facebook newbies and they don't know uh and thank you guys for joining us tonight i'm geeky medic chris montera on all those websites and gosh this is episode 132 the prodigal with buck ferris and we're really excited to have him yay so join us next time when we talk more about issues that concern you in ems have a great night 